0: This is totally just an experiment. <laughs> I'm
1: like, what are we doing? <laughs> I'm like,
0: what? You have no no context. A part of me thought, should I give you a heads up and let you know, like, maybe yeah, now a few gonna questions. Yeah, going to sound stupid
1: and then you're going to have to edit it out. <laughs> you're
0: going to sound authentic. Great. And real. Great. We're going to get, like, raw. Oh,
1: God. Okay.
0: Unfiltered content. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, I, I... Okay, so I think... I love being able to talk with you, especially before you leave, because I think the master's program you were in really was good for me and helped me grow a lot. Mm -hmm. And I've just been reflecting on that and thinking about social justice and higher ed and what that means for us or just students or just people in general too. Um, And so I was sort of curious about like what when you think about your introduction to social justice that's a very broad topic Mm -hmm. but what was your introduction to social justice like and maybe even if like the program if there are things within it that kind of helped you
1: i mean i would say the idea what even the idea of social justice i was not even attuned to prior to coming to minnesota like I've never even heard those words really. Um but I feel like I had a pretty decent social justice um ex- exposure at McAllister. And so like I think a lot of the topics that were brought up in the LSA program were not new.
0: Yeah. Um
1: they were all just like um either Regurgitation of what I had already learned, or at some moments, an enhancement. Mm-hmm. Um, if nothing else, I think the benefit was the fact that generally at McAllister, it felt like a lot of people were on the same page about topics. Whereas I don't think that was the case in the LSA program, or like people were at very different points yeah. in their you're understanding. You're looking at me,
0: you're well, like, you know, I mean,
1: like, yeah, everyone, <laughs> no, everyone, and like also just like a larger age range, yeah, do you know what I mean, yeah. So, and
0: McAllister's where you went to for undergrad. Yeah,
1: and I gotcha. think a lot of those people, you know, you adopt in college, it's, like, very easy to adopt the mentality of everyone around you because you just want to yeah. fit in, you want to make friends. So you're, e- you're easily kind of, like, swept up in whatever it is that people are passionate about there. And a lot of people there are passionate about social justice topics mm-hmm. and, like, understanding things like that. And so I would say I definitely got a good introduction there. There's so much. I mean, it's an introduction. I still think everyone is in an introductory Oh, stage, yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Like, you never arrive. I think we're all, like, it's constantly evolving, I think, and yeah. becoming new. Yeah. Um, I. It's funny to think, recording? think about. Am we're I recording? Oh, d- I oh, should no, have mentioned i like, cool, we're, we're, we're going. Go. We're, we're going. going. We're in <laughs> this. And I can send it to you if we need to edit stuff out. Um, but I was thinking about with my undergrad. Um, it was sort of the opposite, where there wasn't a lot of it. So I think for me, like, the master's program was definitely newer for me. And then when I worked for the city of Minneapolis, that was newer as well. Um, And I'm curious, though, too, like, with all of your experiences and learning about it, um, what has been your experience with social justice at your work and how that um, shows up. It's like I'm interviewing you for a job. Yeah.
1: Yes. I have had this question now multiple times in the last few Good months.
0: practice. This now, is why I didn't give you the heads up.
1: Yeah, no, I would say in general, you know, it's a lot of trainings that have very good intentions. Um, but it really hits differently based on your, the demographical racial demograph. Specifically, we're talking about, um, social justice in the context of like race, Um, I think a lot of those trainings hit very differently based on, um, the demographics of the students that you're bringing the training to. And so like here in social justice, you know, student leaders training, that's like at the beginning of the year, then there might be some like monthly one-off things that are in, within the context of social justice and them understanding things like, for example, um, toxic masculinity or, um... Person-first language and like accessibility as a as a um, tenant of doing social justice work. So mm-hmm. those are kind of some one-offs, but I think this uh, St. Thomas in general, you know, is mainly wanting to focus on race within social justice and like what is um where have there been instances of racial injustice and like how do these student leaders like identify that on their campus and work toward it so i've seen a lot of trainings and then of course i've seen a lot of heard a lot of i should say <laughs> feedback on those trainings um good and bad um and a lot of times i think you know the white students they are appreciative of it But then they feel somewhat attacked, right? You know, they're like, it's just like such new information, so it's uncomfortable, so they feel attacked. But then, um, like a lot of students of color, they are, A, sometimes they're just bored out of their minds sitting there through those trainings. But other times, there are the trainers themselves um, say things that are like a microaggression or really do not hit right with them. And so I think I've, I mean, I've seen those things happen too. And it's not just like St. Thomas, right? That's like a lot of higher education. And like, ultimately that comes down to the fact that it's like, um, I, I I think I, lately I've been seeing a lot of funny, funny things about like, uh, it's all these institutions, you know, posting things about George Floyd's murder and being like, yes, black lives matter. And then it's like, they're like, we con (laughs) we condemn racism, blah, blah, blah. And, and I love all these tweets of people being like, you are in like, like, you are like, you're part of, you are institutional racism. Like, like you are what we're fighting against. Yeah. So it's just like remind schools needing to remind themselves of that. And like, what does it mean to break it down? So I don't know. Like, I, I think a lot of social justice trainings are beneficial And I actually had a very good conversation with a student yesterday, uh, a black student, who said that uh, they think the most impactful training that that they had this year was led by um, a white woman. Um, and that's very rare that an institution, you know, will hire someone to do a diversity training that is white.
0: Yeah. That's
1: not actually that common. You know, they, huh. they think that like, oh, we'll get someone who has experience with these topics or is comfortable talking about these things, which generally then the burden yeah. falls on people I feel people like that's not
0: the photo op you want. The <laughs> white woman Teaching leading a diversity too, yeah. training and... The photos posted of that yeah
1: and this student that I talked to said you know actually I think it was the first time that a lot of like white students listened so although it wasn't ideal like this woman you know didn't share a lot of those like um uh background with you know some of the people of color in the room and had never actually experienced a lot of the um oppression that many of those students had students of color had, uh, the white students who were in the room who most needed to hear the message were a bit more willing to listen to it. And that student also said, I felt like that was a more intersectional approach to looking at, um, social justice because that woman also that came also identified as queer. And so then it was, able there that the speaker was able to speak to that a little bit and how their identity as like a queer woman how that shapes how they see things whereas the student said when um black people come to speak on social justice they're always just harping on the fact that they're black and so students sometimes just think it's like white students think, like, oh, it's just them getting all sad and angry again. Like, oh, the angry black person. Like, they're
0: not Mm -hmm. able to relate to it. And I I, I think, yeah, like, because when I hear that, I would think that students of color, and I think in my own experiences, it's sort of a feeling of, like, oh, this feels redundant. Like, tell me something new, because oftentimes those topics are really helpful for white students who oftentimes don't know that they're white, or don't know that they have a racial identity. Um, And I'm curious, like, you mentioned a little bit of, like, uh, maybe anxiety or, like, feeling attacked. White students can feel that way. Um, We're going to get personal. (laughs) That's okay with you. Um, But I'm just curious, like, for you, and just, I think, I mean, for me, too, like, when you learn new things, I think it can feel very disorienting because it's sort of like your entire paradigm or what you believe to be true is questioned or changed. I'm curious for you, like, did you ever have a moment or a time when you felt like your understanding of the world was beginning to expand or you felt like your belief system felt like, oh, like there's more to this than I had first thought about?
1: I mean, I think at a very basic level, like a lot of people, For, I'll go We'll kind of backtrack a little bit, but like in Minnesota, they talk a lot about how when they pass gay marriage, how a lot of ways they convinced people to vote um, pro uh, gay marriage was simply going to people's doors and telling them stories of their own family members who came out and how they wanted them to be happy. And like the mere exposure. Like that's an argument, right? Like the more exposure you have to people that are different than you, the more empathetic and understanding you are or desire to like learn more and your mind is open. So sim- the simple exposure and like, there've been a lot of like studies that have shown that that's not you know the most effective way. or That's not actually gonna make you change your own behavior. It's just gonna make you aware, but not actually active in um, addressing inequalities but i think at a very basic level that is true in the sense of for me personally too it's like i didn't have even exposure to people of color before i moved to minnesota really like so i think just the fact just the simple fact of moving definitely opened my awareness to, like, oh, so opened my mind to, oh, okay, there's a lot I really don't know. There's a lot of history that I don't know. Like, you know, when I moved here, you know, I learned how there's a large Hmong population. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know anything about this. So then I was a bit more motivated to, like, read about Hmong history. Yeah. Things like that.
0: But it, it sounds like there wasn't anxiety or there wasn't, like...
1: Well, I mean, there's always... You always have anxiety of saying the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, and I think, like... You initially, I mean, that's with everything. Like, I never heard the idea of introducing yourself with pronouns until like I went to college, and so I would use the wrong pronouns on person on someone, and I would say like use uh, she/her when they preferred they/them, whatever. And then at the beginning, you know, you're all like apologetic, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to say that, and you go on this long tangent, and you like waste the space, and you make it about yourself, and then you make it feel like they have to. Um, calm you down you or, and consult yeah, you, you. you, and then you gradually learn. Oh, okay, that's not productive or helpful. All I, the best I can do is just say, correct yourself, say sorry, and just correct yourself and keep the conversation going. There are just so many examples of like, yes, you do have anxiety up front, but like, yeah. as long as you are surrounding yourself with people who are like supporting you and your are like to um understand these things then I think yeah. you're in a good position however if you're not in a position where their people are willing to like work with you on that like then I don't think you can you know make many <laughs> many moves toward progress because yeah. people are just kind of dismissing you and so that 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 in itself is one of my arguments of why you never should like Unless it's like extremely hateful to the point that it's like towing um on your mental health, you should not be deleting Facebook content like people huh. on Facebook that don't agree with you. Like
0: I, because I
1: think that even, I just
0: unfollowed a bunch of people. Did you? So say more about that. Did you
1: really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just I,
0: these past few weeks, it's just like I don't, I don't need this. Like I just.
1: And I think it. It, I think like I totally respect people who decide to, because I think there's a lot of like personal things like it's like say it's someone that like they've tried to have a conversation with and they've tried and that person just simply does not want to engage they you know I sometimes I
0: I think for me it it did become a mental health thing too then yeah but you're I mean you're suggesting don't be in your own silo like constantly have people there's no point of you posting
1: things on Facebook about racial justice or whatever if everyone else is posting about the same thing right like either you know it's the whole you're in an echo chamber
0: view it in your way who are only looking at it not other people right
1: so i mean i personally love to have a very like keep people on facebook even if i don't agree with them because i just want to know what they're reading (laughs) like i want to know what they're consuming what kind of media they consume and like see the different kind of posts and then i like to like click on the like if they share a video i like to like go to that news source and like look at other things that are in that news source and be like huh, this isn't something i typically consume but this is like what they're being fed this is what they're this is their bubble this is this is their reality
0: have Um, you had a lot of discussions in the comments or interactions I'm not, with people on social most media. Comments. Person. Do you shame people online? Uh,
1: no. No, I do not. I, I definitely do not do that.
0: Cuz it can be helpful to shame people online.
1: I don't I don't think shame is I don't think you should be shaming people online. I think you should well, just Well, if be people offering, have
0: problematic views, I think
1: you should not shame, but I think you can offer them and say like, "Hey, I hope you know the imp- the impact of that is that's very hateful." Yeah. But I don't think you have to be like how dare you blah blah blah. like I don't know yeah you have to use the right tone (laughs) it
0: depends on how you do the shaming but I was talking with a friend the other day and it was something to the idea of like shaming people who hold on to outdated and unhelpful views that are not inclusive that can actually challenge them enough to start thinking differently because if they're if they're not shamed they're in a double down on weird views <laughs> and this is new for me okay, too like a, I can the see word that. shame yeah I think it's how you do it too like like so yeah maybe know, not I, I yelling say-
1: no I see what you're <laughs> saying I see what you're saying it's
0: not for me but I've heard that this is something that people can do
1: I, I see it a lot right now and honestly at this point I think it's so comical and i every time i see this and i'll describe it i am just like laughing so hard like actually (laughs) laughing but like this whole movement right now to anybody that says something that's like blatantly racist or like extremely hurtful hateful um on facebook people are tracking down that person's employer And uh, reaching out to the employer being like with screenshots of what their employees said and be like, is this the type of person you want to as an organization employ, especially since you just posted some blanket Black Lives Matter statement so that you wouldn't so that you'd still get business and you said you support this movement, so now you have these employees that are saying X, Y, Z. Are you going to keep these employees? And I have seen people just getting, I have seen people getting fired, like a lot of people getting fired based on it. Or people take it, the shame thing made me think of this hilarious (laughs) example that I saw yesterday was this law firm that had been openly calling uh, black clients using the N word um, on the phone, being like, we don't help N-word. Wait, our- in
0: 2020, this Correct. is happening? yeah, this
1: is this law firm. And uh, any, like, what? minority client that would come in, they would, like, be like, oh, sorry, we don't work with you. Or go, any immigrant, they'd um, be like, oh, yeah, go back home. Um, this, huh. is, like, very hateful law firm. And so it ha- the shaming thing you're making me think of is that what ended up happening is Someone brought this to the attention of the world wide Web Facebook, and all of these people like formed a huge group to take down this law firm and mm. all of these people, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people wrote Google reviews of this place, giving them one star yeah. and then writing the reviews so it the average of it brought down their average of their law firm so that the average was one star and many wow. people you know you can make suggestions on a place and many people suggested that this law firm be labeled as a public restroom rather oh, than a business that's hilarious <laughs> and so enough people enough people like went and like cr- told google like oh no this isn't actually a business it's a restroom that it like now when you look up this law see, firm
0: see the shaming works so now when
1: you look up this law firm it's
0: like social pressure is, like, helpful to bring about change.
1: So in this case, I am, I mean, I have not followed up to see what happened with this law firm to yeah. see if they're, like, completely disbanded or if they, like, fired that specific lawyer that had been saying those things. Like, I have no idea. But, yeah. I mean, that would be important to look into. But I think that's an example of well, kind of what you're getting at. Yeah,
0: like, when, it's when people, like, when their views are so, like... I mean, some of it, too, is the silo that you're talking about. Um And when it's not inclusive, like a part of expanding that is to challenge people and to label businesses as restrooms on Google. <laughs> and that can be helpful, I guess. Um, but I was thinking about just like with COVID-19 and wearing a mask and just noticing how like I choose to wear a mask. And when I'm out in public and if like once I, I forgot my mask and I looked around and it felt like this weird social pressure of... I feel like I'm a little naked right now because I don't have my mask on. Also, I feel after I I shave my beard off for a few days, it's like I feel exposed in the face. So I think it's it's interesting to think about bringing about change and how we can do that um, and what that looks like for the future. Um, I think we're probably coming towards the end a little bit. Again, experiment in the works. Um, But I was thinking just... One thing, I was thinking about how to end something like this, and I don't know, it's it's been a hard few weeks for me, um, and it's been heavy, and I think that has just been in the air a lot, and I don't always think we need to always be positive about everything, but I am curious, that being said, the word hope came to mind, and I'm just curious about when you think about your career, my career in student affairs and we're working in higher ed and I think just even in society at large, but what, how do you hold on to hope or what are you hopeful for, um, for social justice moving forward?
1: I think now it's going to be a bit more socially acceptable to discuss the idea of white privilege Just because that's been such like in the news lately and like people trying to get people to understand that just like the fact that it's now more out in common news sources that people are consuming and it's like taking over social media I think that alone gives people a bit more permission. They should have never needed the permission in the first place, but just, I mean, that's what we're, the reality we're living in. So I think that permission now makes me hopeful. I think that students actually will want to have conversations a bit more or that they'll finally be like, Oh, in order for me to be um, successful in the workforce and like to be a contributing member of this world, like I need to understand these topics. Even the students that are at the point of, they might have the mindset of, Um, I personally might not agree with these, but I understand I need to understand it a little bit more. That is encouraging to me because I think that if they engage in it with the mindset of like, I just need to know this for my career, not know this for like, you know, To change my mind i think they actually might start changing their mind yeah like i think it might actually once they get into the thick of things and like attend enough things and read more they'll be willing to like okay i can see how i have played a part in this or like i can see how my generational wealth got me to this point specifically like a lot at these private institutions with a lot of like um white upper class um, individuals who traditionally don't necessarily engage in these topics because they don't have to blah
0: blah blah yeah and just the naming of that like to name white identity to name white supremacy i think that Mm -hmm. is feeling more common i think about with president trump i it's like a shitty person and but he's not like alone
1: and i think it's just
0: it's making us Think like there, we elected him like as an entire society. That is how he got. Like there are people who actually live with his type of world. world even I think it's easy to forget that there are many people who still have that. So I think naming that is really cool that you mentioned that, and
1: because it gives me some hope. Yeah. And I I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to be too hopeful. Yeah. But no. um I and I want to be realistic. <laughs> Because there's a lot of, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, has to be systematic if there's, like, change, if people are actually going to, if we're going to, you know, dismantle the system and actually work toward creating a better um, community for everyone to live in. But it gives me a little hope. I guess the idea of, I would encourage your listeners (laughs) to um, research, like, the idea of critical hope, too. Um, Yeah. So, you know, being conscious of... um, being conscious of the realities of the world we live in yet still right. finding hope and the resilience and so you know you have the imagery of like a crack in the um road of like in a rose coming up through it or like the cement and it's cracking and there's like a rose yeah. coming through it. So <clears throat> excuse me. Which, um which
0: can be hard because I think in my mind it's sort of like with within that binary way of thinking it's sort of like, oh if we if only we did this we'll be over it. And I I still have those instincts where I'm going, hey, like, it's okay to have, like, shitty circumstances and also have joy and to, like, hold all these different things together while moving forward. Um, so I think I've had to just fight my own instincts with, like, expecting some sort of Band-Aid solution and just going, no, like, this is a slow crockpot process and it yeah. takes
1: time no <laughs> oh, yeah and that's one one other thing that's just been on my mind a bit too is that yes yeah, like coming into this since you're asking about like higher ed and like as we go into the next semester i think um students are expecting now you know they're expecting this to be talked about but i also want to acknowledge the fact that students of color and primarily black students in the context of just like george floyd and that kind of you know sparking um more national protestings happen protests happening is that a lot of these black students are now seeing these white students who are starting to get it or like wanting to learn and like they're angry a lot of them are angry because it's like how are you just seeing this and i think or like how have you not like why are you doing this now like Hmm. oh you're just doing it because it's you know the idea of performative allyship or this idea of it's like cool now and now all these white people are having this like woke competition of like who is more up on not social justice topics who's donating the most who's sharing and reposting and going to the protest the most whereas like black people are just tired and i think going into the fall i think a lot of students are going to have to um grapple with the fact that their black uh, peers are not going to be wanting to like they're exhausted and they are going to have to learn what it means to accept anger and like sit with anger because there is a lot of anger because like how how is it that you as an educated person who not you've had so many tools you go to a college you are enrolled here you have access to all sorts of free resources Mm -hmm. And even then, even you with edu- being an educated human being, you have never taken the time to realize mm-hmm. the suffering and the supremacy. It reminds
0: me of that song, it's too late to apologize. <laughs> it's too late
1: to apologize. Yes, yes, that's so true.
0: Sierra, <laughs> this is fantastic. Yes. Thanks so much for being on my <laughs> debut fun. my debut Love episode. <laughs>